Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Thank you so much for listening in tonight to True Sex Talk. I'm Lady G. We're going to talk until we find your spot, shall we? The True Sex Talk podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. So please go to the website, trusextalk.com. That's T-R-U sextalk.com and sign up for your free audiobook today and your audible.com account. It's a free 30-day account. All right. So let's talk. We've been talking about kinky sex, but tonight I wanted to touch on some very sensitive issues. And that is men's sexual response and ladies' sexual response. James is our executive producer. He also has uh, some input with our subjects from time to time. James, how are you this evening? I'm doing just fine, Lady G. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much. So we're going to get into... Men's sexual response. You know, many females don't understand the male sexuality, so I'm kind of going to go over an article for women, especially for women who can sometimes find it hard to understand what makes a man tick sexually. So, <laughs> I, uh, 
and I don't know if we ever really know the answer to that, but it's definitely one of the top questions in the world. James, what do you think about that? Uh, That's a good question. I I think I can definitely provide some insight into it, but I'm going to be very curious to see uh, what the listeners think about that topic because that's a good topic for tonight. You know, and I think what ends up happening is we kind of get lost in ourselves for what it is we're trying to accomplish. We really, truly do get lost in it. And instead of paying attention, we tend to fluff over, you know, forget, or even at at certain times it might be something that we're shown by our lover, our, you know, partner, that it could be the smallest, slightest thing, and we ignore it not realizing that it could be a trigger. So I'm going to go over some information, and um, let's see if we can uh, learn some things together. Now, it can be enormously difficult for women to understand just how powerful the average man's sex drive is. Although males vary a lot on how keen, uh, you know, their sex life is and how keen on sex they are, the average man tends to do tends to be more driven sexually than the average woman is. Now, this applies to gay men as well as to straight. And in fact, some of the information that I'll be reading will also pertain to homosexual males. So this is a segment for everyone. In 2005, one of Britain's top sex experts told the media that in general, men are on a five-day cycle where sex is concerned, wanting to make love almost every day for five days, whereas women are more likely to be on a 10-day cycle. And there could be some truth to that, although me personally, that is definitely not the case with me. Now, James, do you agree with that? The five-day cycle? Yeah. Uh, I think I think it's I think it's probably like you said. Uh, you're not on a, any particular cycle. I think a lot of men will probably say in their in their minds that realistically they don't feel like they're on that that kind of cycle. But that's probably that's probably pretty true if you look at the overall average a five day cycle. Because uh, I can I, I can tell you every second, every minute. But it's probably yeah. More, I probably mean I I can pretty much tell you if. If it hasn't happened for me in three, I got an attitude. <laughs> I, I have an attitude. There's something wrong, and I need to know what's wrong. So, I, I don't, I'm not sure if that, if 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 I fully agree with that. But if that is the case, you know, it's an era of anti-impotent drugs. You know, we've actually seen middle-aged men who've been using medications that have sexual encounters with, you know, up to three different women in a single day. Now, it's pretty crazy behavior, but it does offer an insight into the male sexuality. Let's talk a little more, let's say, nature's programming. One of the reasons why the human race has survived for hundreds of thousands of years is the fact that nature has programmed men to be 
mad keen on penetrating women and getting sperm into them. Now, it may not sound real nice, but it's actually the truth. The primary sexual objective of a human male is to get his penis inside a woman and to discharge his sperm inside of her. Now, even though many guys succeed in being faithful to their partners, the scientific truth is that males are really programmed to inseminate as many attractive females as possible. Now, and by attractive, I want to say beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. So it doesn't matter what your definition of beauty is, it's your definition. So what's beautiful to you is beautiful. Now, fact is that the human race, it survived in the main, mostly because primitive men went around fertilizing a lot of women, thus ensuring the continuance of our species. Today's man... I want to kind of get a little bit up to date. So what about your man today? Well, it should be the case that recent centuries of civilization have had an effect on him. So he does not try to impregnate every nice-looking woman he meets. But nonetheless, there are fairly safe assumptions that every man is keen on sex. He thinks about it a lot, much more often than women do. However, romantic and gentle he may be, deep down one of his major objectives in life is to be inside of a woman, period. And once he's there, he has a deep driving biological imperative to reach a climax and ejaculate inside that woman. Now, oral and and anal sex, it's so ingrained that they're so instinctive to impregnate a woman that many men appear keen to accept uh, just about any female orifice, So, if it, even if it's not a vagina. So it's a very high proportion of men who desire oral sex and a substantial minority that uh, are still relishing anal sex only. The average male is probably more interested in sex than the average female will ever be likely to. And they have very strong urges to have intercourse. They take sexual risk regardless of the consequences. Now, James, you know that's true, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Because you are definitely one of those men who are willing to take any consequence. And you know why I say that? Why that? Because you like on the road, like travel. Oh yeah, sex. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, uh, yeah, that's that's behind the wheel. You're right. We've talked we've <laughs> talked about it before. So you know that you could get on get into a head-on collision, mm-hmm. and you're good with that. So it really is all about your your kinkier side, you know, whatever it may be. Um, You know, it's a known fact that the average man is going to be unfaithful. He may, may not try commercial sex, and that's for something that he pays for. He feels extremely unhappy and disaffected with life if he's not having regular sexual intercourse with his partner and feels dissolute if a woman that he loves rejects his sexual advances. 
Now, the average man tends to be more swiftly aroused than the average woman. And indeed, the slightest thing that can set a man off, for instance, the sight of a woman's cleavage, noticing a woman's bottom, which has shape that appeals to him, seeing a good pair of legs, getting a whiff of a great perfume. Of course, it could also be just getting a whiff of the, a whiff of the woman herself. You know, it could be the pheromones. You know, that we, we speak quite often about some of the molecular structure in many different things that we have, but there's something about the sense of smell. There's something about it that can be extremely sexy, whether it's sweat, whether it's their natural fragrance from getting up in the morning or, you know, just spending the day with someone. And it could be their deodorant, it could be baby powder, it could be their fragrance. Now, do you agree with that, James? Yeah, I agree with that. I think, I right. think, that's, I think that's true. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, of course, we're not suggesting that the average man acts on these arousal triggers whenever they happen. But it can help women to understand their men if they're aware of just how driven a man can be where sex is concerned. You know, it's, and it's really pretty simple. When you're dealing with a man's sexual arousal, it's it's not anything that's difficult to know about. It's not anything difficult to fathom. It's like with any, and, and I'm going to say this, let's say you're involved in a specific or particular hobby. But it's a hobby that you're passionate about. There's always going to be something new, something more you want to learn, something more you want to experience, something that you may see that you'd like to experience for yourself. And I'm not going to say that there's jealousy. You know, certain men have had multiple conquests. And for one in case, I was actually having this conversation with some gentlemen earlier in the week. A good example, Wilt Chamberlain. He was with, what, 40,000 women? Mm-hmm. Isn't, isn't that about what he wrote? 40, about yeah, 40,000 women. Mm-hmm. I think it was uh, I think it was 20,000, I think. It may have been 40. No, I, actually, I think it was 30, 30, 35. But I I added the 40 only because when from the time the book was written, he lived mm-hmm. many more years past that. Well, true. Experienced true. at least another 5,000. And, and he had a good pace going on, too. Yeah. You know, I mean, I I actually met Wilt and had dinner with him many years back. And I remember uh, thinking we, to myself... Are my, sure this was just uh, dinner? Oh, yeah, it was definitely just dinner, not my flavor. <laughs> Not my flavor at all. And and one thing about me is I always knew intimately that I would be involved with somebody that I cared about. And don't get me wrong, you know, I'm like any other woman that grew up in the in the age of, you know, women have have burned their bras, they're totally independent, that type of thing. But if if I wasn't feeling you, I wasn't feeling you and you can rest assured nothing was going to happen. But we actually met because uh, my uncle introduced me to him, and we went to dinner, and we we talked a lot. 
But one of the things that he had mentioned, and I asked him why, because it was in his book, that he loved literally golden showers with Caucasian women. Mm. Now, this was a thing in his head that he was dealing with. You know, this is a man who came up on the basketball court during an extremely racist time period where even to be a black man to play basketball on a court with white men, there was still racism in certain areas that was very prevalent. And that was just one of his things. It was a demeaning, degrading thing, but for whatever reason, he felt empowered by it. And I think anybody that has little quirks like that, you know, there are some men who want to be kicked with spiked-heeled boots or platforms or something. There are other men that want to be tied up and spanked or uh, have hot wax put on them. And when I say hot wax, you know, you're holding the candle at a at a certain height and you let that melted hot wax that accumulates in the bottom of the candle slowly drip, you know, in a trail up someone's skin and flesh. And it's just hot enough when it immediately touches the skin that it's like, <laughs> and then it burns yeah, I mean, it burns just, you know, that second, two seconds, and then it cools immediately, and the wax can be easily peeled off the skin. And it doesn't peel your skin off with it. It's not that deep. But now, are you familiar with that, Jace? No, not at all. Uh-uh. Not at all. Not at all. Well, let me ask you this. Have you ever been spanked? Uh, Not I mean, from my mom as a child, but that's it. <laughs> not, not as an adult. As a sexual arousal type foreplay no, thing. No. Uh-uh. No yes, game playing in that in that in that mm-hmm. way. No, I guess I'm pretty well, mild manic, but I haven't. No, I haven't done that. Well, there's there's you know, and in fact, uh, Madonna even has a film where that was one of the things that she did. And uh, it's quite a quite a great film. You, you'll have to look it up. Um, William Defoe was in it. So you go online and search. You'll you'll find the film I'm talking about, and you'll see that uh, light S and M that I'm speaking of. But everyone has their their little I don't know um, idiosyncrasies and you know fetishes and just. Something that's a little bit different. Now, let me ask you this, James. What mm-hmm. what would be the one thing? Let's say you have encountered the woman, your fantasy woman. What does she look like? My fantasy woman, man. She fantasy would be, woman. What does she look like? Uh, she would be. She would be very. She'd have a lot of dangerous curves. I mean, she would be very curvy. Um, uh, she would. I, I don't know. It's a good question because uh, I think women, uh, uh, women of all races, to me, are pretty attractive. So I can't say what uh-huh. race she would be, but I know she's okay. very curvy. She have a real exotic kind of look, maybe. Uh, okay. I don't know. I don't know because I. Cause every time I think I see the woman of my dreams, I see another one that looks better. So it's yep. very, very and, hard, and that's, hard to make a decision. That's exactly, that is exactly the case. Well, let's say that this is the woman you think, this is the one, this is the woman of my dreams. She approaches you. 
what is the one thing that she would want to do to you sexually that would make you turn around and run? <laughs> turn around and run, like uh, in excitement run. or in terror? No, run away. Run away, run away. from her because you, cause you're way, scared. What's the one thing she could do uh, sexually? Yeah. I think, I think um, using the uh, teeth in a uh-huh. bad way. Uh, bite okay. in a bad way, or right. if she just, um, I don't know, if she tries to get too too dominating. I don't, I don't, I don't like the domination thing. If she tries to get okay. too dominating, then they'll probably maybe run the other way. Okay. Now, the amazing thing is that if you trust your partner you'd be surprised what you let them do with you and to you and allow you to do to them. Mm. Sex is so powerful, so extremely, extremely powerful. The problem is, is that it's your fear that stops you from experiencing new things. Not not totally knowing. Now, of course, there are going to be some things that you just be like, yeah, that's not going to happen. And that's understandable. But I am saying, keep an open mind. Ladies, gents, it's exploring the new avenues. Whether it's something that you saw, you know, somewhere on television or you saw somewhere in a book, online... If it's something that arouses you when you see it, discuss it with your partner. Because that's really the key. If more men and women discussed and talked, and not in a negative way, not in a you know derogatory way, but in a in a way that that at least you're listening. You may decide that it's something that's not up your alley. But, you know, you can almost take your partner there by talking about it while you're in bed together. You may not be experiencing the act itself, but if while you and your partner are in the middle of your intimacy and now that fantasy is being spoken and it's, you're, you're following it, like, like watching a television show, a movie, you know, she's she's talking you through your fantasy, even though your fantasy not, isn't actually happening. She's putting all of this information in your head. So now, James, do you do you agree with that? Well, uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's an iffy one there. Well, the last time you had a woman literally talk to you and talk you through a sensual, uh, whatever the fantasy may have been, but she talked you through it. Did you get more aroused and excited? Well, I mean, it was it was okay. It's just that, like, again, I'm not, I like to be in, I like to be in control personally. So <clears throat> I think the talking part is Okay, good. so like, you're in I control. Like thing, but. You And so you want to be the, the more vocal one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, 
then when you hear it, it doesn't add more to you. No, not really. Mm-mm. Okay. Not not me, but I but I agree that you know it does for a lot of people. Sure. Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, sometimes it doesn't have to be that much, but it's definitely and and depending again on the person, I would love to be able to to get more verbal, you know, if if that's what feels good, if that sensation, if that rhythm, whatever it may be, those are all things that I definitely want to hear about, I want to know more about, because if I know that that's what's feeling good to my partner, then I want to do that again. I'm going to try it again. So we end up, I think, not realizing what our partner wants or needs because they're not telling us. And there are some people who are just quiet. You know, they may moan and groan, but they're not actually talking. They're not actually expressing. And I think probably with a lot of women that's the difference with their response because in any article that you pull up, you look for, you read, you're going to find that ironically the any any articles regarding men's sexual response is going to be ultimately a shorter article than the women's sexual response. So, you know, we, and we've talked about a lot of things. There, A lot of it could be body parts, you know, women who have um, different physical attributes, attributes, you know, whether it's the labia, it's clitoris, you know. Um, one may have what we called wings, you know, larger areas of skin. We spoke once about Vanessa Del Rio and the fact that she had this enormous clitoris that it was amazing. And, you know, every person is different, so we really don't know what the norm is. You know, there's a commercial look out there, but, I mean, in all honesty, at least 85% of your porn stars have all had a boob job. I mean, right or wrong. Right, 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 you're right. You know, they've had a boob job, yet there are some men that just like small breasts. How many porn stars have you seen, are you familiar with, that are totally flat-chested? Uh, no, not any. <laughs> I mean, think some, some, may start, some may start off young that way in the industry, but as but they, they didn't grow, stay they that stay. way. Right, right. You know, they didn't stay that way. They all are full-breasted. They've had some have had butt injunction in, injections or a resculpting of the derriere. And all of this because this is what they believe and what the what their profession and society has has said this is the perfect woman. And in fact right. that is actually not the case. All right. So let, let's move to a little bit of the women's sexual response. And again, um, there's been some fa- family planning specialists, Christine Weber, who's also a psychotherapist, Dr. David Delvin, who's a general practitioner and also a family planning specialist. You know, they've submitted some information for this article. Now, a woman's first response to sexual stimulation is usually a nice, warm feeling all over her body as she begins to let go of herself. Since the beginning of the century, a great deal of research has been carried out about the subject of female sexual response and whether it can be influenced by medication. 
Now we know they have Viagra and and medication similar to that for men. And it's probably the most lucrative business out there. Do you know what the average cost is one of the of the one of those little blue pills is? What's that? It's like twenty five dollars per pill. Wow. Is that amazing or what? Yeah, I mean, but you know what, though? I don't think there's a price that's probably high enough for, you know, for someone to pay based on, based on what, it's, what it's going to do for them. The nice thing well, have. the problem with that is, you know, even at a man in his prime, how many men literally can say that they've had a hard-on hard on for four straight hours? And they never went down in four hours. I could say that. Think about that. I mean, am I right or wrong? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, now you think about a supply of pills, let's say 30 pills. That's $25 a day for 30 days. That's a pretty expensive pill. Yeah, yeah. So adding that up, you can see how insane that sounds. Mm-hmm. So, but yet, there's not really, and they're starting to come out with some items that are helping women. So I will give give them that. But the little blue pill doesn't do anything for a woman. You know, it's it's very little has emerged to help women with the difficulties of enjoying sex, or even with reaching an orgasm. And that's even down to women who are having genital plastic surgery. There are women that are having things picked up, you know, lifted, stitched, pulled and stretched, and all of these things so that they can try to have a younger-looking genitalia and for some women, they even get injections that will literally plump them up and make them more susceptible to orgasm. Now, yeah, me I think, personally, I, I think though, I think they've done a lot for for women. I don't think I think they've done more for women than they have for for men. I mean, women have, of course, all the different toys and whatnot, and you know. Uh, they've been getting plastic surgery and things of that nature for quite some time. So I think really women have they they do they have been doing something to increase the uh, increase increase the sensation for women for quite some time. And you don't think okay? So do you think men need help with increasing their sensation? No, I don't. I don't think I don't think they do. But I think because I actually I, I, disagree. Lately, well, I think lately they they have increased. Uh, Products for males to increase their um, sexual um, arousal, intimacy, whatever you want to call it. But they've always done that for women over over for years. But now recently, well, the last now I will say years, yes. That's something different. We discussed this before. Back in the 1800s, there were there were clinics in certain areas of the country and different towns and cities where the women were considered to be hysterics, hysterical. And so a woman's husband 
in that particular time period of the 1800s. He would take her to a doctor. The doctor would insert a basically a vibrator inside of her that didn't actually vibrate. It was all hand manipulation. And he would literally, while the woman would lay on a on a on a table in the doctor's office, he would masturbate for her to bring her to orgasm. And after she came to orgasm, he would leave the room. She would, you know, get herself together. She would be dressed. She would leave and come back the following week for another appointment. And this was what doctors believe cured hysteria in women. So, but... At the same time, I don't think men knew what they were awakening when they did this. So now we have penal implants. Penal implants. This is for, and and the average, let me just say this, the average penal implant lasts about 20 to 25 years. Did you know that? No, so so explain what it is. What 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 are we talking about? A penal implant is they basically put a very long, thin, balloon type um, apparatus inside of a man's penis, and it it I mean so that you know they have to work with the urethra and all of that so that he still urinates the same and he doesn't have any problem in that area but when he gets aroused it this balloon adds length and girth to a man mm. you know he still ejaculates all of that he's just got the penile implant which will take it can add if i'm not mistaken anywhere from 1 to like three inches, I think, maybe even four, I'm not positive, depending on the man and the doctor, but it can add that amount to a present, to his present penis. So let's say a man may only have, you know, a four inch penis, then they'll put that implant in there that will give him a seven to eight inch. Wow. And the average size, just so we're clear. Huh? Is this something that's going on right now? It's been going on for years. For years. And a lot of men don't even realize it because it's not discussed. But it's like breast cancer in men is quite prevalent, but it's not discussed. Mm -hmm. It's not something that they talk about. Men get breast cancer. Now, it's called breast because it's part of that part of the body. But... You know, it's cancer is cancer. You see what I'm saying? Right. So, right, right, right. But a penal implant is putting putting something. I mean, the average size of a penis is literally six inches. So you get a guy that's eight to ten to begin with. That's a good size penis. Now we may say, oh, no, you know, twelve inches. There are not that many men walking around with 12-inch penises. They may, that's what they're walking around with. But deep down inside, they know better. 
you know, you can see these guys that are on these porno flicks, and some of them look like they're 20 inches long. You know, yeah, there's there's some of that out there. There's no doubt about it. I think I remember back a long time ago, there was a uh, porn guy, his name was John Holmes. You may have heard of him. He used to be quite famous. In fact, um, the movie with uh, oh, with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Uh, he played a movie, and it was I forget what it was called. Um, I can't remember, but he uh, actually was portraying uh, uh, um, Boogie, Nights. Boogie Nights. I think it was called Boogie Nights. I could be wrong. But that's the part he was playing. He was John John Holmes, where he's a young guy that gets involved in porno flicks. And then at the very end of the flick, they show his appendage totally hanging, loose and free. And that's, you know, that was exactly what John Holmes was supposed to be packing around. So he was one of the first guys out there. You know, but while women are getting their their butts injected and pumped up, Men are getting their penises pumped up. So don't think for a second that that's not going on because it's been quite prevalent for many years now. Wow. Yeah, it's, it, there's a lot of things that are going on out there that you don't realize. Yeah, I see. I see. You know, now I will say medical services view of, of feminine erotic uh, kind of sociology remains very much, you know, Pretty much the same as it was 45 years ago. You know, you go back to, you know, Masters and Johnson. You know, they've got that television show on, but what we don't realize is that's really what started the sex, sexual evolution for women. Where women start coming into, wow, I can enjoy myself. Wow, this can be very pleasurable. So... <clears throat> Masters and Johnson found during uh, sexual activity that women go through four phases. Excitement or the arousal phase. It's an initial stage in which some erotic stimulus, like kissing an attractive person, it starts getting the body ready for sex. This stage is accompanied by a rise in heart rate and blood pressure, erection of the nipples, and increased lubrication inside the vagina. Then there's the plateau phase, a stage in which the female body starts to prepare itself for imminent orgasm. The clitoris becomes sensitive, the tissues of the outer part of the vagina begin to swell. And then there's the orgasmic phase. Now this is characterized by immense enjoyment and by a series of involuntary contractions in the pelvic muscles, plus cries of pleasure and muscular spasms in various parts of the body. And then number four, the resolution phase. Now, in that stage, blood pressure and heart rate fall as the woman calms down. However, if sexual stimulation continues, the resolution phase may be very short, and she may proceed further to another orgasm. So the reactions are more fully explained as we go on, but just giving you some examples Now, some of the more recent scientific developments between 2000 and 2013, researchers tried to find ways of influencing female excitement and female orgasm 
by developing drugs which were intended to help women get aroused and help them climax. Unfortunately, those efforts have failed. So initially, the use of Viagra seemed to offer a promising avenue, but Viagra works extremely well on the male sexual function, but in females, it seems at present that it just doesn't do anything but increase more vaginal uh, lubrication for a woman. So that's really all Viagra does. Now, similarly, there have been high hopes recently for medication called um, Vibrancerin, in which it was originally developed as an antidepressant. In September of 2012, researchers connected with the U.S. drug company, and they were still claiming that it could improve what is called now the Female Sexual Function Index, FSFI. However, the authoritative American Food Drug Administration for the FDA, they refuse approval of flibenserin, on the grounds that it had various side effects. While effects on female sex functions seemed to be little better than those of the placebos. So it still didn't work right. Now they found the pill for men. They're still working on it, of course, for women. So presently there are really no effective um, pharmaceutical ways of making a woman more interested in sex or making her more orgasmic. However, there's no doubt that various types of counseling, psychotherapy can help a woman, you know, get to know herself and enjoy her love life a little more fully. But the improved sexual responses are simply by learning much more about a woman's body and about what works best for each individual woman, because not all women like the same thing. And I know that to be true because I've got friends who like, you know, rough, hard, you know, real animalistic sex every single time. And then I know women who, you know, want that soft, sweet, delicate touch every time. And then I, there are women I know that, you know, want to switch it up. And, you know, I'm, I'm a very eclectic kind of person myself. So, again, there's so many different moods and tones and attitude and senses and, I may feel this way today and I may feel that way tomorrow. So it really does, I think, depend on the woman herself. But we don't all have the same sexual responses. We don't have the same sexual feelings. Each and every woman is different, just like it is with a man. You know, you said teeth in a bad way and biting, that that would make you turn around and run. Right. I know some men that, that are like scraping. So it really them? just depends, huh? What's wrong with them with that? What What's wrong with them for wanting that? That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, it's to each his own. But you know, there are some some men that I know that actually like that. There are men, you know, it's no different than some people like hickeys. Well, it's not because of the mark the hickey makes, but it's what you did to make the hickey. It's that intense feeling that gets their nerve endings going, that, you know, drives them. That's where the erotic part of it comes. It's not the hickey itself. It's the way they made the hickey. So, 
you know, women vary enormously in, in their own sexual drive and their ability to have orgasms. Some don't feel very satisfied in sex at all, whereas others are very passionate and they're wild about it. Some go through life without ever having an orgasm, and that's very true. There are a lot of women out there that truly have never experienced it and may never experience it. It just really depends on them, where there are others who can have dozens of climaxes every single night. But extraordinary change has taken place in the last 60 years or so because, you know, mid-20th century generally felt by doctors that most women fell into the not very interested group. You know, they never thought women were very enthusiastic about sex or having sex. They looked at it as a duty to their husband or their spouse. You know, by the 21st century, all that had changed. You know, it's totally assumed. Huh? Those were the good old days, weren't they? Well, I mean, actually, no, they weren't. That was the thing. (laughs) You know, a woman thought it was her her duty or her chore. Then, you know, she just let some guy get on top of her and grunt a few times, and that was it. And she thought that was okay. Thing is, is it's not okay. You know, today, women are easily aroused by sexual stimuli. Not only a minority are, you know, are the ones that are little interested in sex, but, you know, women now can be just as sexual as men. You know, the modern female is much more open now about sex. She's much more able to enjoy it and... You know, she wants to take the time to learn how to do certain things. You know, they completed a study in 2005, and it indicated that a considerable proportion of young women were starting at universities. Have You know, they were far more developed. And their interests of sex, their knowledge about it, you know, and there are still lots of women that still have not reached orgasm yet. But in that group of women, they were more willing to experiment with both sexes. So it was nothing for a woman to be with another woman for several sexual encounters, sometimes years, even like a relationship. But the same woman would still enjoy a healthy sex life with a man. So... Is it the sex or is it the emotional trigger that goes with the sex? You know, they've they've found younger women frequently have uh, no real process of sexual arousal and that a lot of women need a lot of help learning how to reach an orgasm where men, especially young men, the moment they reach puberty, they know what to do. Right. Females will often spend a couple of years experimenting with their sexual feelings before they eventually even learn how to have a climax regularly and reliably. But once a woman has learned to cast off her inhibitions and enjoy sex, she tends to respond to sexual stimuli very much the same way as a man would. Woman's first response to sexual stimulation is usually a nice warm feeling all over her body. Then she begins to let herself go. At the same time, her pulse rate starts to go up. Pupils of her eyes get bigger. Incidentally, 
the widening of the pupils makes it more sexually attractive as well. You know, in the olden days, drugs like belladonna, it was called beautiful woman, were used to kind of uh, create that effect. And, you know, what happens to a woman's sex organ when she gets aroused? And they've, they've kind of done a few studies regarding the female equivalent of an erection in men. So this is where a woman starts, uh, her, her vagina literally lubricates itself. And that's in preparation for the sexual activity. Now, at the same time, her clitoris, the most erotically sensitive part of her body, it swells up. Her labia, which is the lips of the opening of the vagina, also swell up. So the effect of that is to open up the vagina slightly in preparation for intercourse. Now, inside her vagina lengthens, making room for the entry of a man's penis. So, you know, you you have to look at the dynamics and understand what's going on. And once you have an idea, you know, fellas, you can take a woman to another place, to other heights. And understanding her body a little bit better helps you do that. I mean, it's still fun to be under the covers with a flashlight and look and see what's up there, what's going on. And we know that literally most men have done that with a woman. It's, right. I don't know what you think you're going to find up there, but, you know, I believe that's where the the uh, old saying, playing doctor, came from. <laughs> Wanting to see exactly what's there. You know, as a woman gets more and more aroused, her breasts will swell a little bit, her nipples will become more prominent, her breathing gets faster, and she starts to gasp. Her eyes tend to become glazed over. She'll likely lick her lips, and all of these are little things that make her more attractive. But when she climaxes, and that generally happens where she experiences a series of waves of ever-increasing pleasure, till eventually the last one is so mind-blowing that she nearly passes out. And at that moment, a woman will either cry out, or you will feel the muscles spasming in her body all around her. Her vagina will, will spasm and clench, and you'll you'll feel that difference. But at the same time, um, I don't know she's really kind of at that point. The muscles in her face, her body starts to contract. You know, it it can look a little violent, but it's quite enjoyable. And then she kind of relaxes. So is that it? No. Because today women want lots of orgasms. But what's the outcome? They're happy. They're relaxed. They're being skillfully stimulated. And they actually learned how to have multiple orgasms. So... You start looking at that and realizing that the woman that you're with is probably having five to six orgasms to your one. If you're a lucky man and a knowledgeable knowledgeable man, then this woman has probably had 
a dozen orgasms to your one. But then that makes you a worthy partner because you're making that woman happy and she's going to do what she needs to do to make you happy. Now, James, do you agree with that? I agree with that. I agree. With that. I, I will say this, though. I know that, you know, like you started with the topic today, and we've talked a lot about different things used to increase the um, sexual potency and sensation, whatever. I do want to say mm-hmm. to everyone listening, which we have a ton of people listening tonight, I just want to tell everybody, you know, I, I, I come across very, very rough and uh, Neanderthal man kind of caveman mentality a lot. But I will say this, I think you've said it uh, a lot of times on the show, that happiness is the most important thing. So if you are male or female and you feel like pill or uh, bringing in something in the bedroom is going to make it for a happier sex life with your partner, then go for it. You know, whatever whatever that is, whatever's going to make you happy and climax and, and have multiple orgasms, go for it. But... Here's the thing. It's discussing it with your partner. Don't just do something and think your partner's going to like it. Well, yeah, and, you know, and you're right about that because some, like, some of the things you said I didn't agree with, but I would hope that person would discuss it with me first versus uh, showing up with a paddle and a whip or something. <laughs> We're going to fight. Well, We're gonna fight and it, it's, this, it's the same way with a man, you know. Fellas, if you're knocking on the wrong door and you're acting like it's an accident, you do understand that we we all know when it's an accident when it isn't, right? I mean, just oh, yeah. so you know, fellas, this is something you don't just do, you discuss it. You talk about it with your partner. You never make your partner feel uncomfortable and get them to a point to where they feel that they can't trust you. Because if your partner can't trust you, she's not going to relax and she's going to fake an orgasm. She's not going to give you the real stuff. And you're going to know when it's real. You're going to know, and we've talked about this before, about women squirting and gushing and, you know, and we've discussed before where, ladies, when you think that it's all the guy, when all's, everything's done and you're cleaning up and you're thinking it's all him, yeah, that's you. There's a small portion of it that's him, but most of it, ladies, is you. You just don't realize it, that that's your body secreting. It's your body that has gotten probably, you've lubricated yourself six, seven times over, whereas he's going to ejaculate once. Now, granted, he, he might be one of those guys that, takes a 10-minute break and can go again, or a 20-minute break and can go again. You know, and he may last for an hour, two hours, before he can ejaculate the second time, if he can ejaculate the second time, because some men cannot. I mean, they can go and be unstoppable. And after the 20th orgasm, she's going, oh, my God, is he going to (laughs) come? You know, hold on. I, already, I don't know if I can stand anymore. I mean, you get to a point. A woman gets to a point anyway, I think. And it could be me personally, but I, I've talked with many women who have said the same thing. You get to a point where you're going to smack him. You're, gonna, you're just going to pop him. 
either on the back of his head, you're going to pop him somewhere because you have gotten to that point <laughs> where you just have to knock him out. <laughs> like, you didn't done, you you done something me. there. You didn't done something there. Right. It's like don't don't touch me. Don't don't touch me. Get away from me. <laughs> so, you know, at that point, you know, fellas, you've done the right thing. If if in the middle of having an orgasm she starts to cry, you have taken her there brought her back and took her there again because she can't control her emotions. Her body just went and did some crazy stuff. Now, once she gets to know her body and deal with it, she can actually forego the tears, and instead it's that that feeling, that intensity is kind of redirected. So the emotion still has something to do with it. Although there are some some women who they they can be as distant as a man and be like, "Okay, you did your job. Thank you so much. You can go now." <laughs> yes, and well, fellas, we, if you we, haven't we, met we, a woman like that, like that, we've huh? all been through situations. We've all been through situations. And, and like let that. me ask you. When when you left, how did you feel? When she said, you served your purpose, thank you so much, you can go now. How did you feel? I would, I, first of all, I, I, I would say something pretty smart back. You know, I wouldn't just leave. But when I left, I would be like, I would say something I probably can't say on the show. But, uh, <laughs> I would but, feel, but when you I would left, you. what was your you. real feeling, though, when you left? When you left, did you feel like, I feel used. <laughs> you just, you just, at first, you just yeah. Use at, my body. At, first, at first, yeah, you feel used at first, but by the time I make it home, I'm be like, you know what? I got mine. I got mine. I mean, I got used. I got mine. You know, I guess it's, that's just the ego talking. But at, at, on the onset, I feel used. Yeah. And at the same time, if it was good, then you're down for getting used again. Because why? Because you got yours, right? Right. So, you know, what really is a booty call? Is it really all a male thing? I don't think so. I think women have so much to do with it, and I don't think a lot of men realize that, that women have a lot to do with that as well. You got a booty call? Okay. But you can't get to that booty unless she approves it. So you have to look at the situation realistically. Now, if emotion is involved and there's intensity in there, you know your partner's body, I can tell you it's it's taking it to all new heights. Because let me tell you something. There is something, it does something to me personally when my partner, and I know he's into it, and all of a sudden I hear, <laughs> Look, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> okay, <laughs> woohoo, <laughs> yes, do it again, <laughs> what did I do, I'm going to do it again, <laughs> I want to hear some more, <laughs> you know, there's there's something there, and I mean, okay, it, it, literally I'm going to break it down and analyze, 
okay, was I pumping fast, what, five, six times in a circle? Or was I pumping slow and grinding hard? Or did I did I kind of flick my hip a certain way where it's he's he's on the edge but the the inside of my body something just kind of flicked at him? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll have a man will say in a moment that the head is, is very sensitive. Well, I want to take him there as well. And I think that's what we all want. We all want pleasure. We all want to be pleased. We did not take a break, so I want to make sure and remind everyone that the True Sex Talk podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information, please go to TRUSexTalk.com, click on the link, get a free Audible book, a free 30-day trial membership. You will love it. If you like talk radio, you will love Audible.com. Over 150,000 titles to choose from. You can listen to on any device. You know, if you sign up on the URL, you'll receive your free audio book a one-month trial service. So join, listen, erotica, sports, self-help, mystery, suspense, whatever you want, poetry, it's all there. So trusextalk.com for audibles.com. We are at that time. It seemed to go so quickly. Please email trusextalk at gmail.com with suggestions, ideas, comments, questions, We thank all of our listeners for sticking with us, listening, and we enjoy you. We hope you enjoy us. We'll be back on next Saturday, again, 8 to 9 Central Standard Time. So thank you for listening to True Sex Talk with Lady G Spot. I'm Lady G, and I just want to let everyone know how much we totally appreciate you. Again, don't forget, email us, trusextalk.com truesextalk at gmail.com Again, we want to thank you all for tuning in. Peace, love, and great sex to all. Good night. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.